the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And good afternoon. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. The phone number to be a part of the show today is 210-84. Ah, what happened? Oh, they. Man. Oh, two one zero. The old guy over there, you know, has got he's got to concentrate. Okay, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Toll free, it's eight six six three zero eight. 8867. Give us a call and be a part of the show. Tell us what's going on in your gardening world. Let's see if we can't help you. Uh, you had some questions before we even started. Uh, I'll say. Uh, oh, we had one. We had a uh, a tree that was five years old and it hadn't grown much at all. And it was uh, showing a browning of some leaves and a light green of other leaves. And, of course, I asked about the source of the, the seed source. Um, and then uh, Roger from the staff was here too, and he had, he'd gone through. He's learned our our detective uh, <laughs> uh, list, but uh, the thing thing that I noticed was that it looked like it was a plant, one of those that was planted too deep. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, you know, you it uh, just uh, like. And the other thing was. Uh, whether the uh, he's watering it with bu- a bucket, whether the water was was uh, going into the roots, like mm-hmm. we, we talked about, you know, and that kind of thing. How old was the tree? The tree was five years old, but it was about eight feet tall. It was all and very skimpy looking, you know. So then, uh, so um, Roger had hesitated to recommend uh, fertilization because we generally don't mm-hmm. if uh, something is showing a symptom, like, but. Uh, I went ahead and thought that that would not hurt that, that no. tree. If it had not been fertilized in five years and it was in a the soil there around here, that yeah. rocky soil. So anyway, we'll see see if that helps it. But I, I suspect it's just uh, planted deep and the uh, vascular system is interrupted. But uh, yeah, and let's see, what was your other, our other one? Grubs. Oh, grubs, yeah. She had, she, uh, she had grubs in her vegetable garden, and she, yeah, she didn't like. People them. always worry about yeah. that at this time of the year. Yeah, and I kind of. She went. She went ahead. She said and pulled everything and and uh, put in seven. And I said it won't hurt anything. I hope. Hopefully, it, she got it in to get uh, in time to affect the grubs because uh, usually we. What do we say about uh, before June 15th, if you want to, they're still feeding. But uh, 
Were they uh, big rubs? Um, Did he say? Uh, she thought they were big, but then when I tried to explain rhinoceros beetles, no, they weren't that big. <laughs> they were regular lawn-type grubs. Okay. But uh, I'm like you. Uh, you know, I think I think you f- always find a few grubs in a vegetable garden. Yeah, right. And not a, not a lot of damage, usually, because I, I, but I think uh, the beetles uh, oh, uh, that lay are laying the eggs, it's much easier to... Yeah, lay in in egg in a, a soil that's worked like that. And, the entomologist used to say, uh, "Don't treat unless you got uh, twelve grubs per square foot." Gracious. In the, <laughs> in the lawn, yeah, we used to say, yeah, we, we used to for say the it. lawn, and we, and that'd be probably for the garden too. Yeah, we had. I generally had. Said about three grub. If you found three, <laughs> did your one foot square, and you found three to four grubs. There you go. Go ahead and uh, treat. Well, but quite often you was uh, in a lawn. It's if you got a lot of grubs, it's more obvious because you get that uh, tray yeah. like uh, the roots get e- eaten. Now we haven't heard much about grubs this year. No. Uh. Uh-uh. We uh we used to have a a real problem with grubs on. Uh, on commercial vegetable crops, a cabbage and uh, things like that. And uh, the interesting thing about it, the way way you would tell it, is that the crops would uh, uh, be irregular in their height. In other words, uh, their their growing uh-huh. period would be irregular sizes. And uh, I never could figure that out, but they say that uh, what happens is when you irrigate, when they've fur irrigated, or I guess any kind of irrigation, especially fur, the the water would bring the the grubs would start eating higher up. And then as the the, uh, water capacity in the soil decreased, They'd go deeper, and they they would uh, do more damage to the root system deeper, which would would uh, not sl- slow the growth of the uh, uh, plants down as as readily as the uh, uh, their top uh-huh. top feeding would do. So that 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 would give your crops. Uh, uh, Hit, uh, a different differential in the growth uh-huh. of the plant. I'm seeing a, a similar kind of thing. You know, my raised beds are, are quite old, and uh, rel- you know, re- relatively close. There's mesquite, and there's a Arizona ash tree, and of course, those trees have gotten really large over the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I, I've got two ve- vegetable, large vegetable beds, and the one closest to the trees there is uh, has all these feeder roots. Oh yeah, going through that makes a difference in oh, growth. Oh, it does. I mean, you 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 does, uh, the uh, uh, drip irrigation. You run it the same amount of time. Yeah, um, and the one that's feeding the trees as well as <laughs> as the one above it, and you. Uh, 
like uh, I've got zinnias in there for a lot of it for the butterflies, but they they just quickly wilt, they wilt quickly in that in mm. that one that's got all those feeder roots in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of gardens all around that have got, gotten to that point. Yeah, even commercial uh, uh, corn growers and places uh, things like that. Uh, when you're traveling around, you're looking at a cornfield. Yeah. Look at the ones over closer to the tree line. Look at the corn on closer to the yeah. tree line, and you see it's it's stunted or, or dwarfed by those roots system coming. Up. That's why farmers usually uh, take out trees. You know, you see see trees in the middle of a field somewhere. And uh, uh, that's not a good deal. Uh-huh. Well, maybe, maybe they, it's a good day to, deal to stop and rest under, but uh, the roots of some of those trees uh, can stunt a, 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 like corn crops or peanuts or whatever they're growing out there. That kind of makes me think I may, you know, I don't, I'm trying to determine if it's practical for me to redo that bed and uh you know take a, dig it out a bit but i'm thinking gosh those those feeder roots will be right back in there yeah in a short time. oh yeah might be more practical to eliminate that bed and maybe make a bed someplace else yeah, and people don't realize how many feeder roots there are i i planted uh my my uh favorite uh, uh montezuma cypress and uh, around it, I had a, a flower bed, uh, a big flower bed. Uh, it's what what my uh, 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 blue plumbagos are in now. Mm-hmm. And uh, after about uh, three or four years, I couldn't get a, I couldn't hardly dig it with a shovel because of those feeder roots uh-huh. uh, taking up that. A loose soil that yeah, gets they're soil. Yeah, they're opportunists. Some trees, uh, everyone's a little different, but a lot of them, are, some of them are really opportunists. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the mesquite is not, you can tell which are the mesquite roots, you know, they've got the the, bright, the yellow and everything, but uh, mm-hmm. but the ones that uh, seem to be really uh, dominant are uh, like Arizona ash. Yeah. Well, and then some hackberries that, and then there's <laughs> some oaks there, too. But uh, so that that's kind of interesting, and it also it just illustrates the fact that it's not always a simple uh, situation. You know, not as, as simple as uh, surface weeds or competing or uh, just a lack of water. Well, Mil- Milton sent me a very similar question to that. You remember forwarding that from uh, Michael? Michael? Yeah, and. Uh, He's got the same situation that you described earlier about the oaks. He said, uh, before I moved to the country, I did a lawn service in my neighborhood. At some point, I noticed that many of the live oak trees planted in the back half of my old neighborhood were yellow and didn't grow much. I got that same, yeah. I have attached a picture from Google. This is not my house, nor these are my trees. However, you can see the phenomenon I talk about. A healthy tree next to trees that were planted 
at the same time and are not healthy at all. They have been this way for 10 years. Hmm. Uh, As I said, I planted uh, three live oak trees on my property, one in Rio Medina. One is doing phenomenal. One is 100% defoliated twice by cutter leaf ads. Uh, but thin, but okay, and one is yellow. This is the first year I've seen it yellow this way. I have alkaline soil, so I have to treat my peach trees with chelated iron. So he's in a, a very alkaline uh, soil there. But, uh, but live, live oaks uh, should be fine. I've cared for this tree the same as all the rest, but it looks unhealthy. I treated it with chelated iron this weekend, so I'll see if the conditions uh, improve. But I don't want to have to treat it continuously. If this tree is not good for my area, let's see, what are you talking about, live oak? Uh, I may need to remove it and plant a different one. And he said, send this picture. Then I said the picture where there's one obviously with the root flares and then. Yeah. Yeah, you responded. I sent your yeah, response yeah. to him. Yeah, that, I mean, that that one, it's hard not to this, this question whether that, if it, he's implying that those two are the same age. Yeah. And then and this one has got obvious root flares. Yeah. And it, and that, that one, the one that's really prospering is is even in a tougher spot yeah to prosper but it's uh it's obviously <laughs> doing it uh but i i saw that same occurrence uh when my daughter lived in uh stone oak they had a, a live oak a little live oak tree in the front yard and for five or six years that sucker didn't grow a bit i mean i I took took the grass away from the from root ball and everything else, and eventually, I took it out. I took it out because oh. uh, for some reason, uh, maybe maybe the roots dried out before they planted it. Uh, maybe they planted it too deep, uh, or whatever. But uh, it's not worth fooling with. Yeah. I mean, after after five or six years, if uh, if that tree is not growing vigorously something went wrong and and you probably need to replace it i did uh, this this uh, person that we were talking to uh before the show one of the first things i asked him was had they been string mowing around the yeah right because i could see the that it was grass there was no mulch or anything there that Texas red oaks are notorious. Oh, yeah. In my experience, are kind yeah. of notorious for that. They're very susceptible. That Yeah, Milton sent this in. My first reaction was that, uh, ask about that, that uh, planting it deep. But you're right. There, there are, sometimes we forget there are 25, 30 different factors, <laughs> you know, and uh, these yeah. different, these uh, plants come from different sources, right. cared for different ways. You know, it's, it's not 
it's not every place that not every retail source uh, takes care of plants like Millworkers does. Oh yeah, and guarantees them and everything. Can be can be damaged before it's planted. Yeah, and uh, people say, well, it's it was in rock. That's why it didn't grow. Trees or other trees in the landscape prospered. Yeah, even, even the ones I planted on top of the rock. This one, the crape myrtle, looks like it's about twelve feet apart to those two. Yeah, yeah. Now, at some point, the competition could be a factor, but uh, for the first yeah ten years, you wouldn't. Expect it should, it shouldn't have happened. In other words, that tree should have grown by now. Yeah, and it just comes a time where you bite the bullet and uh, and take the take that stunted tree out it's the run of the litter Milton Aww. and so give it give it to your neighbors like like to adopt runts or something well but but he, he, with Milton's experience with his yellow rose yeah he probably he doesn't have any confidence that you know <laughs> all you got to do is put it in a different spot and thing is gonna, there you go yeah just put it in a container Actually, my uh, sometimes on trees that works even now after ten years is a little tough to. Hey, we got to go to a break. Can you hang on a sec? Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and Trace is going to tell us what's going on in the nursery. Right after this, our number two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at sixteen zero four on Bull Verde Road on nine thirty a.m. The answer. It's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Bull Road. You know, Millburgers does great things to help you enjoy your gardening experience and have a better, better experience. That's why they've invited Davies Tree Service back again to do another presentation. This one is one of the free adult seminars, and it's on soil, the root of tree health care. So Davies Trees is going to talk to you about all the great things that you can do to your soil to make sure your trees are healthy and happy. That's going to be July 27th, 10.30 until noon, and the course is absolutely free. No need to RSVP. Just come on out and be a part of it. Now, don't forget, this one is popular, so get there early to Millburgers at July 27th from 10.30 until noon. While you're at Millburgers, take advantage of all kinds of great things that are on sale, like the fall tomatoes or Mexican bird of paradise, Sanisa, and much, much more. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 and Bull Road, Many people know how to make money. Everybody knows how to spend it. But do you know how to manage your money? Tune in for the James Dewar Show, the Swiss Army knife of your financial planning. Saturday mornings at 8. James Dewar has the heart of a teacher and is the mentor to many. James Dewar will mentor you on the seven steps to financial success. Email James at money at jamesdewar, that's D-U-E-R-R dot com. 
The James Dewar Show, Saturday mornings at 8, here on 930 AM, The Answer. Your life is an important one. Here at 930 AM, The Answer, we want to hear how this station is making a direct and positive impact on your life. Each day, our programs and hosts enter your busy world of responsibilities and challenges. And every day, it's our wish that what you hear on this station positively affects you and your family. We may be your main source of much-needed information, or we may provide you with a perspective about the world as truthful and timely. Maybe it's giving you unique insights at just the right time. These interactions happen regularly, and we would love for you to tell us about it. Visit 930amtheanswer.com and type in the keyword story for all the details. Then record a video message on a camera or mobile device. For sharing your impact story with us, you'll automatically be eligible to win a grand prize of a $1,000 gift card. Visit 930amtheanswer.com and use the keyword story for all the details, contest rules, and to submit your video. That's 930amtheanswer.com, keyword story. The Cal Thomas Commentary is brought to you by Values Through Media. Now here's syndicated columnist Cal Thomas. There are worse things than being dumb. There's also being dangerous. New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat, wants to abolish not only ICE, but the Department of Homeland Security. Eliminating DHS would allow terrorists to bring box cutters and bombs aboard airplanes and again target New York City, a part of which he is supposed to represent in Congress. Many Democrats support DHS, including the chairman of the House Homeland Security and Intelligence Committees. Abolishing those agencies would also invite in even more illegal aliens, including violent criminals and drug smugglers. The rhetoric of the four freshman congresswomen, known as the Squad, is dangerous, and if their policies are adopted, America would be a far different country. How do people like this get elected? Part of it is apathy from voters, and the other part is organizational skills by people who hate America and want it destroyed. Need any more motivation to vote and vote smart in next year's election to rid us of these dumb and dangerous people? I'm Cal Thomas. For a free copy of today's commentary, visit calthomas.com or write us at Values Through Media, P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. That's P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. Please specify the date and subject. Your tax-deductible gifts to Values Through Media help support us. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. Yes, I'm being followed by a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. Leaping and hopping on a moon shadow, moon shadow, moon shadow. And if I ever lose my hand, welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9:30 a.m. The answer: 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Al's going to continue with moon songs as we celebrate the. Uh, 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 landing on the moon. And All right. Neil Armstrong. I think Michael Collins, who was the uh, person who stayed uh, behind. What's the, that? Yeah, the pet captain, the pilot. Yeah. I think he lives in New Braunfels. Does he? He probably listens to the show. Michael, if you listen to the show, uh. <laughs> Or I don't know his rank. Should I call him by his rank? I should have. I feel bad now. I don't know what his rank was. Oh. Was uh, he a Navy, no. <laughs> Navy captain? I don't, I don't know. Michael, you'll have to call us. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Collins. Uh, until we... No, I'll go look it up. But uh, I was watching a reenact. Uh, I did a reenactment yesterday. They were doing the broadcast again. It was ABC's broadcast of it. And they were showing... While talking about it, the landing uh, on the moon, and I went, I went, man, how did they get that clarity? 
And then and it just like, well, wait a minute, where where was the camera? Uh. This makes no sense at all. <laughs> and then I realized in the corner was a little thing that said reenactment of what it would look like. Oh, I was rats quite amazed by it. They had uh, had a guy talking about uh, well, the guy that invented uh, the stand that they used to to put the flag up. Oh, really? And I never had thought about, it. you know, a flag on the moon wouldn't fly. Right. <laughs> it would just flop. And so he invented a, a deal to hold the flagpole up and also invented uh, something to put around the flag to keep it outstretched yeah. like it's in the wind. And Very they, cool. they were interviewing him. But uh, you did you never think about that. No, I didn't even consider that. <laughs> so do I we have thought they just starched it. Yeah, yeah. Do I? It was I thought all... they starched it. Oh, okay. They were, they <laughs> no. were in the lunar craft ironing it. <laughs> real starch that with it. <laughs> Come on. Um, do we have a, do we have good moon plants? We had the night blooming jasmine that we featured. Yeah, and we do have, still have a few of those. Um, now they're they're blooming, right? Ah, they've got some buds on them. Yeah, because mine have started. I'm, I'm, never, I'm never here to see them or <laughs> smell them when they're when it's time. Just ask somebody when they first come to the nursery, go buy them, and they'll still smell them probably. And then what about what is the? Uh, it's a night bloomer too. I don't know if it's fragrant or not. It's like the Datura, or is it the Datura? Is the hmm. Datura bloom at night? I, I'm, no, blooms during the day. What's the small bushy one that blooms at night? That's kind of like that. Hmm. No, uh, yeah, I oh, guess we oh, don't oh, stay up the same time you do. Four o'clock? No, it's a, it was at night. I saw it at Coolcrest. Uh, we were there, and it was after dark, and it was blooming. And I sent the picture to Forrest, and he said that's blank, and it blooms at night, and that's why it had white blossoms. They were, you know, just oh, okay. hanging down. Anyway, okay. <sighs> this, is, this has been a very entertaining. Yeah. Maybe Forrest will remember. Forrest, send us a text. Uh, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. What's going on, Trace? Oh, not yeah, much. Got to follow all that. Uh, I, I, I figured out what our our uh, plant of the weekend next week is going to be. All right. What? 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 We can't tell us, I guess. I can't tell you. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, but uh, not on the air. Okay. And do we have a, a 388 plant next weekend, too? I think we ought to, like, feature the 388 plant of the week. Um, I'm pretty sure we do. Okay, because this week is a good one. It I is. I mean, they're always a good one. Uh, we had uh, Blue Plumbago one week. We've got this week is the... Uh, I believe that's Mexican Heather. It is. Yeah. Here, I'll get the uh, I'll get this out so I know what I'm uh, talking uh, about. Jerry, Jerry's got one. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually a pretty good ad. All good summer color plants. Lantana's yeah. on special. Esperanza's, Thrialis, Mexican Heather... Uh, he's not flipping the pages. Oh, well, Mexican bird of paradise. There you go. I knew, I knew another one I was missing. Anissa. Yeah. Which are telling us that there's a 50% chance of rain on Tuesday. Okay. I talked to the Sinisa down the block. It said, yeah. I, okay. <laughs> Lantanas, 488. Gold Star Esperanza, 1988. Thoralis, uh in the three-gallon, 1488. That's a good price, too. Mexican Heather, yay, 388 in the one-gallon. And decorative concrete fountains, inventory reduction sales, save 20 to 40%. First annual. Yeah, it is the first annual. It is it's first exciting. annual reduction sales. It's, it's a big event here at Mill Burgers. Uh, 
They uh, started this morning uh, with the band and everything. I think everybody's left, but yes. uh, the, with the band and all the music. But uh, it was very exciting. A lot of fun. <laughs> well, all you got to do is come to Millburgers and see the uh, those fountains in action and the bass yeah. in action. I'm just I'm sitting right here watching yeah. all, all these grackles at the at the fountain here with the young. Just yeah. fascinating, yeah. Kevin was trying to get them to quiet down. <laughs> but uh, I don't think it worked. I'm trying trying to make them. But we every on the porch we'll see uh, lesser goldfinches. Uh, what have we seen, Milton? Uh, chickadees. We've seen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This especially this time of the year. Uh, oh, yeah. Those are the water. They're thirsty. Yeah, and Jerry and I last year, or maybe the year before, we we uh, tried to we made made a count of the species we could expect just in a typical San Antonio yard, and uh, about t- I think ten ten species. If you got if your neighborhood has uh, some trees in it, yeah. um, and if you have a little running water with one of those. Uh, Recirculating pumps or just a dripper off of your yeah. a hose, you you add, you add some species to it too. It's really uh, for observation, and it's I think it helps the birds too. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, we talk they're about washed, bir- bird washing it. Yeah, bird feeding is more for us so we can see the birds. Uh, we and the watering the birds or giving them bird baths uh, we we get to see them too but it also I think helps them in terms of their survival and success in the neighborhood yeah these are the least cooperative birds I have ever seen <laughs> whenever I put the mic out they be, they get quiet they yes, don't want to be on the radio I guess not yes would you all like to be on the radio look at them fly away <laughs> I right. say we're we're busy with yeah. this water here yeah they're having fun how many do you think there were like eight if oh, the, yeah, oh, yeah at least Two fam- two families at least, yeah. Two, two young and uh, male and female and two families. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Sorry, Trace, we we keep sidetracking you. What else is going on? What else is coming in? Well, uh, did you order some more tomatoes? I, I did, and uh, surprisingly, they had some ruby crush still available. Really and, good. Uh, uh, tycoon and Great. celebrity and uh, this year's rodeo tomato they had some more of those so uh, it's yeah, gonna be another good week of selection yeah we definitely want you to try that uh um 8849 hm8849 because it was so fast yeah. in the spring with big big, big fruit. fruit yeah what in the cherry it uh, of course it's was determinate so it got the full size and foliage pretty quick yeah. But, uh, but it also is a, a thick foliage plant, wasn't it? Right. Oh, yeah. That's, we always incorporate that into the selection process. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we got uh, HM 8849. Uh, that is from uh, the seed company, the HM is. And they, these are, uh, I guess, breeding numbers. That, that they put on there. And uh, David Rodriguez uh, was telling us, uh, was telling Dr. Stein, said, we need to, re- if they got a number on them, we need to name them. And uh, well, we, didn't we, you try that a few times? Come, yeah, <laughs> I tried that. <laughs> the president of the seed company uh, called me. He didn't come down, but he called me. 
and basically said, don't do that again. That was with Surefire. Hmm. And, uh, but uh, we test them with these numbers, and uh, some, some years, uh, some numbers we test uh, that turn out to be good do have a name the following year. And they have to. They send us that at, under our name. Where last year, we tested it on our number. Yeah. So we have to be careful <laughs> to to watch what's going on. But uh, well, David, David thinks we ought to rename all those numbers. Uh huh. Well, we got we really had an issue, or continue to have an issue. Luckily, it's so popular that. People will buy it under anything, but oh, yeah. cherry surprise, yes. yeah, dwarf cherry surprise, BHN, like seven different <laughs> things that goes by. Yeah. I, I'll never forget. We had a discussion, and I think each of us four had a different name for it. It took us a little while to figure out we were all talking about the same plan. Yeah, um, but I, I can't remember the numbers anymore, so I, I like to have a name too. I think you've got a you got a great write up on uh, plan answers about. Uh, the pr- production, the of, yeah, and production of new varieties, and why, why are you somebody gets to like a variety, but that doesn't mean that if uh, seven or eight gardeners in oh, San Antonio yeah. Yeah. love it, that doesn't mean it's going to stay there because yeah. it's got to be com- yeah. compete all these different ways. And the, uh, the thing that the thing that pops into my mind is. Uh, well, we were talking about the uh, Egyptian fig. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, that two or three, I, I've got two or three of our good gardeners that saying it's the best thing they ever saw. Uh, the rest of the rest of people that had them, they all died. Yeah. The uh, Egyptian fig did. Another thing that uh, comes to mind uh, is the uh, Seguin yellow rose. Oh. We found a yellow rose in Seguin. I missed that one. <laughs> and uh, it was the, pretty. The problem and was fragrant. It, it, it was yellow, it, huh? It yeah. was yellow and fragrant, and it died. <laughs> and when Paxton called yeah. and said, "You know, when mine died, people were like, yeah, what's new? This is not news." When Paxton called and said his died too, and then he, I didn't yeah, he called that. on the station. He said he had both. Yeah, and he said for no reason that he can. Yeah, he just died, and it was hard to propagate. Oh, I didn't know that part. But there were there there were two plants that that made one that it was at Tom Harris's house, mm-hmm. uh, old house. He moved now, and uh, he just bragged on it. And uh, why don't you get to it again? Well, I'm sorry we 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 selected Grandma's yellow because of. It roots easily and uh, a pretty nice looking rose. Yeah, ne- nearly as tough as the Belinda's Dream and those yeah, roses. Yeah, yeah. But I bet after yesterday's talk up of the Egyptian figs, you have, you have people <laughs> yeah. wondering where they can get them now. Uh, he was really selling them. You yeah, heard them. <laughs> uh, yeah, De- Greg, the, the Dead Sea and uh, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Greg Grant called me. Uh, they, they've got a, an Egyptian fig that I gave them uh, up there. And uh, they were bragging about how wonderful it was. And Miss Nethery, who listens in, in Junction, Texas, she, uh, she, uh, and she hadn't come down and beat me up over this yet, 
But uh, she says it's the best fish she's ever eaten. And that we ought to be propagating it. We ought to be promoting it. Which we did several years ago, and it died. <laughs> See? So anyway. You, you could do it again under the name Egyptian Fig Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted it to live? <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Milton likes that. Yeah, I yeah. really do. That was the best answer I <laughs> Oh, you wanted fruit? <laughs> surprise! <laughs> <laughs> That's the surprise. <laughs> what about the, uh, pepper Peppers? Weren't, weren't you getting, were you still getting yeah, we, some we, new papers? Yeah, we got the, do you say ornamental? Uh, no, yeah, yeah any we, of them. We've yeah. got uh, four or five different varieties of peppers out there right now. and you got uh, the hot ones, too. Yep, and then uh, chili piquin we've got over mm. in the gallons. Yeah. We've got some little ones coming. So they, because they, they'll take take this heat right in stride. And let's see, we got August, September, October. Yeah, pepper peppers seem to, especially the patines. They seem to set a lot of fruit in the fall. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I guess the other peppers do, too. Now, we've been getting good reports on that. Uh, I used to complain. In fact, I quit growing it. I'd grow banana peppers instead. They were so much easier than the, the big green peppers. Oh, yeah. But uh, we've gotten good reports uh, from gardeners, and, and I had good luck with uh, that new, the new variety that you had, you had last Camelot year. Camelot or... I'm trying to can't remember what the one. Well, one was Aladdin. I think it was Aladdin. Yeah, that it was get, a, does it get or, orange. That's a yellowy orange. Yeah, one, yeah, yeah. That thing uh, was. We had a couple of gardeners to verify it was producing fruit already. Yeah. Usually we're waiting for the fall to get some good uh, green peppers, but yeah, that, the, that one has done well. The Verstradens, uh, who used to be commercial pepper growers, uh, I, I toured uh, Von Army. Uh, say that it's it's the well, best pepper bell pepper they've ever seen. Mm. So uh, that made me feel good when it, when because they've seen a lot of different bell peppers. Yeah. All yeah. right. So you ready? Sure. <laughs> For the plant of the weekend. <laughs> All right, so uh, most people have seen this plant. Uh, they've seen it bloom, uh, but most people don't know what it's used for. It's a plumeria. Mm-hmm. So if you ever go to Hawaii, when they put the little uh, necklace thing on you, it's uh, it's made from plumeria blooms. Very, very fragrant. fragrant. Yeah. Um, some very vivid colors in the blooms. Uh, it is a tropical plant, so it has to be grown in a container or bare-rooted for winter. And... Uh, the small ones we got in are the uh, white, and it should have like a little yellow throat. But we got in some unusual large ones. So these, there's a few specimens out there. I think I saw one purple left. Ooh, wow. Um, still this morning. I know there was a customer looking at it yesterday, but uh, it was still there this morning. And uh, so in some of these bigger ones, we have some odd colors that you don't normally see. You know, when, when you buy plumeria, generally the white is the most common. Sometimes you'll see yellows. Uh, we've got a real nice specimen yellow one blooming, mm-hmm. uh, but there was a uh, pink out there and purple that I saw still left this morning in the larger pots. Very so, cool. Uh, they start at thirty four ninety nine and go up. Obviously, the specimens are the up side. And how many do we have? We don't have a lot. Uh, there was like fifteen little ones and okay. probably about uh, ten big ones. So if you know you want one, uh, you can call the nursery at two one zero four nine seven three seven six zero. 
210-497-3760. And uh, they'll put one aside for you, and then you just come get them tomorrow or Tuesday and pick it up. Uh, but if you're, if you're interested in one of these specimen ones, I, w- I would try to come by and, okay. and, and look at it. Okay. Um, the neat, neat thing about those is so they're so easy to propagate. They're pretty you, easy. You, I had one branch break off of one of mine, and <laughs> my wife stuck it in a pot with a Sansevieria, and if there you it's, go, it rooted and was already blooming. Well, there you go. They're, they're pretty easy to root. Wow, that's pretty cool. I always tell people uh, when they when they move them in for the winter because you got to protect them in the winter, and uh, they they get so big. That you can't, when you're moving them in, you break them off. How about that? I was wondering about this one. I hope that, I'm sure the staff is uh, prepared to help if they buy that. Oh, you bet. Big, big one, because that would be, be easy, spectacular right now. But, <laughs> but uh, if you had a long trip home, you'd be, it'd be in se- yeah. potentially in seven different pieces. Sure, right. And we also have the capability of, uh, of delivering as well. So some of these, if, if it's questionable, we can put it in a box truck. Yeah. And, and, you, and the people complain about them not blooming. And we talked about it yesterday. That And you said that uh, you grow yours in the sun. Yep. In full sun. And then, which makes sense. And then uh, when you want, it, want to look at it. When it's in bloom, my wife pulls them under the, there you go. Under the porch. There you go. Oh, that's the porch, and then you also told us about there is a plumeria fertilizer. There, there is uh, Nelson Plant Foods makes one uh, specifically for plumeria. In fact, we talked about it yesterday, and we sold almost half of the inventory we have in. So there's a couple in there now, <laughs> and, that uh, and I'll get some more in uh, Tuesday. Good, good deal. All right, I didn't know that. I never heard of that. Uh, does it say how long it releases for? I, I'm Do sure it does. It? I think it's six weeks. Okay, that's good. Uh, you know, Warren Short and that bunch did a deal on Bougainvillea. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought it was, they just, because cause they they were recommending uh, for Bougainvillea uh, water-soluble hibiscus food. It was sold for as hibiscus food. And uh, they had data, I mean, plants side-by-side. Side. Some had been watered with that hibiscus food and some just regular regular uh, fertilizers. And uh, it was a significant difference in the bloom blooming period. Of yeah, well, you got to water them so often to keep yeah, them going. That's it makes true. It makes sense of water-soluble will give you the best results. Absolutely. All right, cool. We're going to take a break. Sure. We'll take a break and come back in a moment. Our phone number, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bull Road on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Bull Road. You know, Millburgers does great things to help you enjoy your gardening experience and have a better, better experience. That's why they've invited Davies Tree Service back again to do another presentation. This one is one of the free adult seminars, and it's on soil, the root of tree health care. So Davies Trees is going to talk to you about all the great things that you can do to your soil to make sure your trees are healthy and happy. That's going to be July 27th, 1030 until noon, and the 
course is absolutely free. No need to RSVP. Just come on out and be a part of it. Now, don't forget, this one is popular, so get there early to Millburgers at July 27th from 1030 until noon. While you're at Millburgers, take advantage of all kinds of great things that are on sale, like the fall tomatoes or Mexican bird of paradise, Sanisa, and much, much more. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bull Road. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. As keynote speaker at the recent National Conservatism Conference, Peter Thiel, one of Silicon Valley's most successful entrepreneur investors, called upon our government to investigate whether Google has been infiltrated by Chinese intelligence. Thiel's case is really quite strong. Artificial intelligence is a field of technology with numerous important national security implications. Google has worked closely with Chinese companies on AI. It is well known that Chinese companies are not truly independent of the Chinese government. Google refused to work on AI with the U.S. Pentagon, while China is well known for using intelligence services to steal IP from foreign companies. Richard Clark, who is a career anti-terrorism official, recently told CNBC that he agrees with Teal. On the face of it, it certainly seems like there's enough smoke to see if there's fire. We should take Teal seriously. I'm Jerry Boyer. Sponsored by ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom. If you're age 59 and a half or older with a 401k plan and still working, stop what you're doing and call Big State Financial today at 210-373-6000. There are benefits with age, and this is one of them. At 59 and a half, you're entitled to new opportunities in the investment world that can save you thousands in 401k fees and dramatically reduce your risk of a market correction. You've worked and saved, and now is the time to protect your retirement savings. Call Robert. Hoppus at Big State Financial today at 210-373-6000. The five years just before and after you retire are critical. Do not put yourself at risk. Robin and her team can show you how to secure your nest egg and ensure income streams for life. Call Big State Financial today at 210-373-6000. That's 210-373-6000 for your free retirement readiness review. That number again is 210-373-6000 or go online to Big State Financial com. That's BigStateFinancial.com. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, 210-308-8867. If it's bugging you, you need to pick up the phone right now and call Spider-Man Pest Control. And even though they're closed today, they <laughs> will get back with you tomorrow and start taking care of those ants or roaches or scorpions or fleas or ticks or even mosquitoes or termites. If you're worried about termites, uh it's a good reason, so don't uh, don't delay on that one. If you're not worried about termites, you, you should, should be. be. Yes, <laughs> there you go. Well, they, they they will check for you too. I mean, that's yeah, that's, absolutely. That's one of the, what you hope is you don't have termites. Yeah, right. <laughs> and quite often, that's what it turns out. If, if there's a lot of different ant species that uh, run around the house, and, yeah, and so that's why you want somebody that's expert, but. Uh, Spider-Man to take a look and diagnose what you've got, and then they'll they can reassure you or to show you how to treat them. Yeah, they but, will eat literally eat your house down. Yeah, cause your paintings or your pictures to fall. Yeah, 
Uh, give them a call. Give Warren Remy. They've been doing this since 1976. Uh, Spider-Man Pest Control is making lots of homeowners happy, including uh, also businesses as well. Businesses that count on having service that works, like restaurants. They've got to have it work. It's important. And Spider-Man Pest Control serves them as well. Spider-Man Pest Control, 210-656-210, sorry, 656-3721, 210-656-3721, or online at GoSpiderManPest.com. Your web of protection since 1976, Spider-Man Pest Control. You mean the restaurants don't like roaches? They do not. Their their livelihood depends on being roach-free. I wouldn't leave a place, especially if it was uh, good Mexican food, uh, just because I saw a couple of roaches. Would you? Yes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm afraid so. Why did it, roaches have such a bad, bad name? I don't know, because they carry what disease. They do, and they, they do not care. What disease has, has uh, ever, anybody ever I can't had e- in San Antonio from a roach? I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 probably, they're, they're probably less of a threat themselves than they are an indication that the conditions are not there you go. appropriate. Good point. What? Because uh, cockroaches, you're right, Jerry. I think cockroaches are generally not the main vehicle, but they also indicate that that there's uh, ways for other insects to get in, and that there's uh, plenty of uh, lingering, rotting material for them to eat. And uh, well, what about my roaches? I don't have a lot of lingering, rotting material. You notice that Milton and I have quit visiting you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some things, yeah, people aren't telling you, Jerry. I mean, if I hadn't got a dead roach laying upside down on the kitchen floor, I don't think I'm doing my job. Oh. You know? Well, I think the dead ones are okay. It sounds like you. Oh, okay. All right, 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Yeah, if you know of any disease that roaches carry, ah. I want you to call in. Okay. You actually, and if we don't get any calls, Milton. No, it doesn't mean they don't. It means our <laughs> listeners didn't know. That means I'm, I'm going to Google uh, Dennis. <laughs> we're we're going to put Dennis on this if he's still listening to the show. Dennis, give us a, a report on roach diseases or diseases that roaches carry. All right, two one zero. 308-8867. Calvin's looking it up, too. What? Uh, what? 208-8867. This, this may eliminate uh, Warren Remedy, Remedy's... I uh, still don't think people want roaches. You may be okay with it, but I don't think... They're so beautiful. Let's see. They're shiny. You want the list? Yeah. Uh, typhoid. Yeah. Oh. Uh, poliomyelitis. Polio. Uh, dysentery. Uh-oh. E. coli. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're getting reports this, this back from the station. It. Those, has those three as the, as the main, but I suspect there's more. Cockroach <laughs> diseases. You uh, know, yeah, and nobody has had any of those in San Antonio. That's still alive. That, that can tell uh. you. Clearly, yeah. Are, are you being paid by by Big Roach? <laughs> is, is Big Roach sponsoring this? Maybe dysentery, but that can be contributed to uh, uh, attributed to uh, Mexican food. Oh. 
<laughs> the opinions of Dr. Parsons are purely his own do not necessarily reflect. You know, them. like when you go to Mexico, you get dysentery. Oh, okay. I didn't know where you were going. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't want roaches, so. Oh, okay. Spider Man's a bad you, you don't have to just. You can go to a lot of places <laughs> in the world and even yeah, in the U.S. Actually, you get yeah. dysentery. Yeah, I get dysentery. Because it's mainly about the water. Oh. We're changing water. I don't think Spider-Man can help you with that. No. Okay. Well, let's change the subject. Yeah, let's change the water and the subject. 210-308-8867. I got a question in. It uh, 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 said, uh, we planted a pride of Barbados uh, about five weeks ago, and no blooms yet. It is growing and looks healthy. Shouldn't it be blooming by now? Thanks for your help. And Forrest writes them back. Gene, you just need to be a little patient. This plant is working hard establishing a root system, providing that you have it planted in a sunny location and continue to keep it healthy and growing. It will reward you with its beautiful flowers. However, I cannot predict when. The one, the one thing, one usually we when we buy Pride of Barbados, it's booming. Yeah, that's that's the key. Yeah, and the one thing we all we generally though there there, it's part of the list of plants like Esperanza and Theralis, firebush that just don't seem to miss. You just take them from the container in full bloom and oh yeah, plug them, plug them in. They establish easy. Yeah. And without the, you don't even miss a bloom. Then. They don't wilt or anything usually. And now, so, those of you who planted seed, a lot of a lot of people go nuts over collecting the seed pods, which are now forming on Prado Barbados. Rather than removing them, they go ahead and ripen them, and save them to the to the next year, and then plant them in in early spring. And uh, they make small plants, and uh, just like this lady said, they uh, they make small plants and and grew bloom. I mean, grow vigorously, but they never bloom that first season, oh. or seldom bloom that first season. Well, they die down then in the winter, and the yeah, come back. Yeah, but and maybe they'll bloom in the second season, but. Uh, 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 the best best way to do, like Calvin says, is uh, buy them in bloom, and they will continue to bloom as long as the weather is hot and everything. Now they they shut down when fall temperatures get cool. They like hot weather. Yeah, they're they're usually usually uh, shut down before the Esperanza and the yeah. Theralis, but not much. Not not usually those three or four. That we talk about different varieties keep blooming in unison till cool weather arrives. What yeah. November? Yeah, I was trying to get people to cut the uh, pods off last year to see if they would rebloom before frost. Mm-hmm. Did you get I, any results? I never mm-hmm. heard back from anybody, but uh, uh, it's a possibility that they will do that, but. Uh, it depends on how early you cut those pods off. Now, if you if you're seeing green pods, pea pods, they look like pea pods, 
uh, now, now's the time to cut them off because yeah. as long as it's, it's hot. And they probably got other, still have other blooms on them. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, get those pots. Uh, I'm, I'm, one of my neighbors has planted them. He's the one that uh, re- reminded me that the deer, well, at least in our neighborhood, the deer don't eat them anymore. And so he had uh, them growing. And uh, if I would have predicted, I would have predicted that there's too much shade there. Yeah. But, but he get gets a blast of sun about 2 p.m. for the in the afternoon. Oh, okay. And they're not as full as somebody in Folsom, but they they're enough to to bloom. To bloom well, and they bloom long, over a long season. Oh, good. So, yeah, they're they're really worthwhile. To have oh, yeah, they're landscape. killer. Uh, and uh, to that point, uh, we got another question in. Says, do these plants grow? Uh, proud of Barbados. Do these plants grow in partial to almost full shades? Zone ten. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't get. I wouldn't go that far. And uh, uh, Forrest Rison back. Uh, Danny, I think is the way you pronounce his name. The Pride of Barbados will grow there, but blooming will be very sparse, if any. That forest nails it, doesn't he? He knows his stuff. <laughs> All right, so two, the, the deal is we got them on sale in bloom, and they're pretty. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll-free. Outside of San Antonio, 866-308-8867. We have lots of listeners uh, who are listening uh, outside of San Antonio, some who come back and get the podcast, and some who listen uh, on the Answer website or with the app. So uh, if you're listening and you want to call us and say hello, I thought, um, but, yeah, I've got an idea brewing for uh, for next week. So. Oh, no. Yeah. I th- well, we got. I, I think I've got a link to from plantanswers dot com to uh, that radio. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, podcast. You uh, can go there. Well, that that it'll. You can go to plantanswers dot com and over to the right, click on that uh, icon thing, and it'll take you to the radio station. All right. So let's take a break. While we do, you give us a call two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight. 8867. We talk about a lot of events here at Millburgers and things that are on sale. You can go to millburgernursery.com to find out more about them. Also, you can find out about how to get the newsletter uh, as well. That's millburgernursery.com. Back in a moment on uh, 9.30 a.m., this is The Answer. We're back with Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 9.30 a.m., The Answer, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll free, it's 866-308-8867. 67. Give us a call. Be a part of the show. Uh, traditionally, the second hour of our Sunday show is uh, very busy, so you may want to call us as soon as you can, 210-308-8867. 
Uh, we didn't mention Kevin's article yesterday, except briefly. And I uh, want to mention it today. He's got a good article on uh, 11 small native trees for your landscape. Yeah, it's always... Well, quite often, though, you know, when we have the landscape schools, one of the main the main issues that uh, the presenters address is that so many of our landscapes have uh, go from lawn to shade trees, right. maybe some foundation shrubs. But the, the thing that is, is lacking quite often is that uh, transition, the small trees that transition and uh, really add a lot. And, of course, from my standpoint, too, they, uh, I think it's more attractive a landscape. But also, if you're interested in uh, bird habitat and wildlife and blooming plants, those small trees really give you a m- much more opportunity. Yeah. The first one you start out with is Mexican plums, which is uh, they, uh, they have them here at Millburgers and uh, I've got one in my backyard, and uh, you said you got one, right? Yeah, I've got, got quite a few. I've got three planted in kind of a triangle that make a, a nice thicket, and they bloom, of course, and uh, uh, can grow in full sun, or they can, they, they're pretty shade tolerant. Mm-hmm. Do you have you made jelly from them? No, the bird the birds <laughs> utilize <laughs> the birds do that. And, huh? Yeah, utilize them. Uh, have you have you ma- tried to make something out of them? The fruit? No. Oh. Mm-mm. Hey, you want to hang on a sec? We're, hold on to that article. We've got Beth on the line at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. What's going on, Beth? How can we help you today? I want some information about 4 o'clock, old-fashioned 4 o'clock. One of my very yeah. favorites. And every year I have them blooming beautifully at this time, all different colors. And they get good full west sun exposure. Uh, right. Anyway, not not a thing this year, and they're about four feet tall and real thick. Not even buds on the end of the new branches. Do you think it was because of all of the rain that they grew so big? And what whatever the element is it that makes the blooms, the middle number is that what it is? Yeah. Well, not really. Uh, with the four o'clock. Uh, they have uh, spurts of growth, uh, big spurts of growth. Now you say you're you're the. How, do you know how old it is? Yes, the, my original uh, uh, root that I got was in the late fifties. Late fifties. Yes. Gracious. And they have multiplied and multiplied, and the original one was yellow, really pretty. Yellow, a brother-in-law of mine wanted me to have this at my home. Anyway, throughout the years, there have been all different colors. And then last last year, I had what was almost a true red. Anyway, but but all the different colors, and then the whites, and there'd be whites with yellow anthers, and there'd be whites with red anthers. So they've really been a joy. Have you noticed... uh have you noticed that uh, some colors are more fragrant than other colors? Well, I really haven't noticed that particularly because I have so many in this one big <laughs> big bed that's probably 12 feet long and about 5 feet wide. 
along and anyway. They, and they come up every year, right? right? Oh, they freeze in the fall and come up every year. Absolutely. When you get the first freeze, or first really cool, I guess it would be the first frost, then a day or two when you go out there and it looks like a pile of bones because those <laughs> stems, the stems have thick joints, you know, nodes. And so they right. drop, drop everything just almost overnight. It really does look like a pile of kind of greenish bones. So. <laughs> have you ever tried to dig one? Yes, I have. Last year <laughs> I dug several of the red ones because I wanted to put them near um, okay. bush sinisa that I had. Not a sinisa, but one of those other gray bushes. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, they've got a big root. Yes, I know. Bigger, the older the plant, the bigger the root. That's right, exactly. Anyway, but as I far, as far as far as yours big, growing big and not blooming, I think that's just a growth, growth spurt. Uh, what I what I would do if if I had a big one like that. Now the others are doing okay, right? Around well, no, none none of them. I have two large groups, and this one I'm describing is the larger of the two. The other one it gets a morning sun and no afternoon, but it's not doing anything either. Oh. Anyway, I'm, so it's just very... I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't tre- treasure mine like you no. do. <laughs> I, I, most, I mostly uh, uh, try to keep them under control in the rose bed. And yeah, you chop them order, down periodically. Shrub, no, shrub no. Order, okay. yeah. This, uh, uh, but but uh, but I but I've experienced that too this year. There's really, I haven't seen any blooms though, now that you mention it. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I've got some out in the front that I kind of leave. Uh, well, I, of course, I the, the deer don't eat them. That's right. That's one of the good things because I'm in deer territory here. But I was thinking that maybe cutting some of them back, the ones that are on the east side of this long north-south bed cut some of them back just to see what's going to happen but i use it as a border between my gravel driveway and my san augustine grass you know it's kind oh, of a border okay. and it's really nice really is so yeah. only sounds, only, sounds other, nice. only other thing i have growing in there is one white brugmansia it's supposed to be white and very fragrant and uh, it's it's doing all right and hasn't bloomed i've had it for a long time but anyway, uh, I no, it'll wondered, it'll bloom this fall. The Bergmansia would. I, I sure wish it would because about the time the the uh, four o'clock begin to drop their leaves, it's standing there alone, you know. And of course, the buck deer one of the first time came uh, rubbed the stalk, so I left. There's <laughs> uh, about a foot sticking up, so I left that, and then the top that he broke off, I stuck it in a pot and rooted it. But I want to see it bloom and see the fragrance. I I uh, have a, a bench Did there, there, some chairs. Where it's a fragrant, nice place to sit. Yeah. Did the top root on the burgundy, uh, burgundy mantia? No, it didn't root. I don't think I took care. I should have dipped it in some rooting hormone or something, but I didn't. I just stuck it in a nice pot of soil and out in my little greenhouse. and. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised because they root they root rather easily. Yeah, I, I remember that. But I, I but, kept thinking this one probably has a wonderful root system now. Yeah, right. Uh, but what I, I I think I would uh, 
cut them down. Maybe cut them in half. The I, bush morning, the morning glory. No, four o'clock. Uh, four o'clock. Yeah. It's four yeah, o'clock. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I thought I would do. Kind of cut it or back and then along experiment. the you you've got enough that maybe you could do like you mentioned, just experiment with a portion right. of them, cutting them back and see which one blooms. We can also uh, put out the word to our. Uh, Listeners too, and uh, yeah. see if anybody else has any blooms. I, don't, I haven't noticed any in our neighborhood. What color are yours? Are they yeah. yellow? Yeah, Every mostly yellow. Mine, pink and yellow. Pink, yeah. And I started the, out with yellow, and like I said, all the way through a real deep, deep rose last summer that was red, and I it had the red stalks. You know when they were first coming up wow. in the spring. So that's good. Anyway, they're, they're just really pretty, and I, it's always fun to see what different colors develop each year. I, at first, the second bed, I put all whites. I would dig them up and put them there because it was in an area we'd be in the evening, and I thought the white would be pretty. But by golly, all of a sudden, a pops a pink and then a yellow and all of this. So <laughs> it's fine. It's oh, fine. they got a mind of their own. Yeah. They do, and that's what I like. So, yeah. anyway. Okay, well, uh, I, I, one thing is, regardless of what you decide to do, you're not going to kill them, okay? <laughs> I know that. Most, most people, <laughs> will you, if you will offer you keep people, us informed? I will. If you offer yeah. people plants right away, they say, oh, no, they're too invasive. But the cardinals here eat some of the seeds. Oh, good. So, okay, uh, yeah, I'll let you know if they ever start blooming. Gang, good. Gangbusters, I'll let you know. Thanks. Okay. I bet they'll start blooming this fall. Yeah, I hope. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks. You take care. Yeah, this has been a strange year. I mean, a, where it's a, where our rainfall is a little bit below average, but the timing has been pretty good. But the timing has been uh, had a strong impact on a lot of plants. Yeah. And, my, we always had in Tennessee. We always had a had a yellow one, uh, which uh, is kind of is sort of rare. Uh, uh, most of them are pink. Yeah. And my mother was always talking about at her home house, which is about a half a mile away. Uh, they always had the pink one, and she always had the only had the yellow. So. Uh, Says she always had tried to get some of those pink ones started. I don't know what she was was doing, but uh, I went down to her home house and got the got some seed off that pink one, planted them out. Now I've got pink and and yellow there by my home house. Yeah, I was thinking that the seed relatively easy to get it. Oh yeah, to grow. I mean, big time. Yeah, when you pile, you know, when you're trying to clean it out of the shrub border. Yeah. Piled up for a while, and <laughs> next thing you know, you got some seeds sprouting. Absolutely, where you, where, where you had to pile. And the interesting thing about that—that's a tough plant. Uh, we used to have some when I was a young, younger fellow playing football and stuff in the backyard. We used to have one growing right by a yellow one, growing right by the water fountain, where we got water, water out of it. That's back. That's back when kids drank out of the out of the faucet and out of the hose, Milton. Back in the old days. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have bottled water. You know what I mean? I don't know how we lived through it. But but anyway, uh, 
we'd stomp, every now and then we would be tired and fighting over the water hose, and uh, we'd stomp that thing down, stomp that uh, plant down, because they're brittle, you know, they're brittle. And that's that's stupid because we didn't care, think anything about it. Yeah. And it would come back in in a week or ten days. Wow. It 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 wanted it wanted to come back. You know, and I I was trying to remember. Um, I have used. Uh, well, I always I like that cut vine and stump killer. Yeah. But I haven't if I I haven't had great luck with it on four o'clocks. Is that right? Yeah, but I but I have to do a little more. Uh, monitored experiment before I say it doesn't work, <laughs> but but uh, it, it's the the vascular system is so different. It's, yeah. it's such a hollow. Um, so maybe it, that may be something that 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 product doesn't work on as much as it works on everything else. It yeah, I planted some in my garden along the edges, uh-huh. like she did, because I like to I like to. Check the fragrance of the different color uh-huh. blooms, and uh, and to see all the different uh-huh. color blooms with his imagining. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, finally, finally, they took over the border of my garden. It's small, so I started round up them, putting round up on them, and it took took uh, three or four sessions. In other words. Burn them down with Roundup, and then uh, they come back oh. and then burn them down again. Yeah, hmm. See, because of that constru- that kind of structure they have, they may be a they may be able to shut down. Yeah, that, that translocation we talk about all the time that may not may not occur in a in a plant like that. I don't know. And they've got that humongous big root uh, on the ground there. That's why I asked her if she ever dug uh-huh. one. So, uh, anybody else out there in the audience, uh, let, let us know if your yeah. four o'clocks are blooming or not yet. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. It's hotter at four o'clock, isn't it, Melvin? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> maybe, maybe they're not responding to the hot weather. They don't know. They, bloom, they bloomed in my backyard most of the time. Yeah, they even and bloom. the blooms are kind of nice. Yeah, but and they even bloom when you're trying to get rid of them. You know, they're, yeah, they're oh sneak. yeah. <laughs> suddenly, suddenly you'll notice there's a different color <laughs> uh, bloom in in that rose. How in the world? And then you figure out it's a four o'clock that's growing. Yeah, in there. I think there's some kind of a genetic study done with four o'clocks. Uh, maybe Mendel or some of those uh, plant breeders back in the old days. Dennis. Studied uh, uh, a different color four o'clock. So we need to have Dennis on that too. But no, okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just remembered that uh, that there was some classic well, you research were, done on. Yeah, that. you were exploring uh, different colors and fragrances there for a while. I yeah, think, yeah, ten years ago or so. Hey, you want to take a second to talk about Deck and Patio Care by Barry Hagendorf? Uh, if you uh, want to spend time on the deck, but you're regretting the fact that it just doesn't look as good as it used to, or you're going, man, when it, when it was new, it looked so beautiful. Now it just kind of, nah, nah, whatever. 
When you drink look. a lot and pass out and you're on the patio floor, you notice it's that color, right? You can notice it even before you pass out. Oh, yeah. okay. Some, sometimes uh, <laughs> seven summers of 99-degree heat. Oh, will do that yeah. Thing. So you need a guy that lives and breathes and understands how to stain that deck, how to get that stain to penetrate, how to protect it, how to keep it looking great for a long, long time. And as Barry says, it really can look new again. And you can see that for yourself when you go to deckandpatiocare.com. Barry's here in San Antonio. He's been doing this since 1985. And he'll be happy to help you uh, and uh, show you all about how he can uh, improve that deck and really make it look new again. Deckandpatiocare.com. Or just call him up, 210 210- 822-9147, 210-822-9147 for Deck and Patio Care, uh, and deckandpatiocare.com is the website. Let's take a break. While we do, give us a call. Tell us your 4 o'clock reports right now, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Bolvardy Road. You know, Millburgers does great things to help you enjoy your gardening experience and have a better, better experience. That's why they've invited Davies Tree Service back again to do another presentation. This one is one of the free adult seminars, and it's on soil, the root of tree health care. So Davies Trees is going to talk to you about all the great things that you can do to your soil to make sure your trees are healthy and happy. That's going to be July 27th, 1030 until noon. And the course is absolutely free. No need to RSVP. Just come on out and be a part of it. Now, don't forget, this one is popular, so get there early to Millburgers at July 27th from 1030 until noon. While you're at Millburgers, take advantage of all kinds of great things that are on sale, like the fall tomatoes or Mexican bird of paradise, Sanisa, and much, much more. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Bull Road. Hi, this is Roy Holly, and I want to invite you to tune in to talk about Texas. We have all kinds of guests with great stories, some of them real inspirational. So if you have a great story or an inspirational story, or you have a nonprofit organization that you might want to get some free publicity on, want to promote it, call me at 830-426-9228. 830-426-9228. Talk about Texas this Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m. only on 930 a.m., The answer. It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining nationally syndicated media hosts Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher, along with 9.30 a.m. The Answer on the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd to the 11th. This journey is more than a vacation because it'll guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the waters of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to 
walk inside the garden tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to the 11th. When you visit 930amtheanswer.com, keyword Israel. That's 930amtheanswer.com, keyword Israel. There's a lot going on right now, and broadcasters are on the ground covering all of it, bringing you the weather, the traffic, and breaking news, all while entertaining you 24 hours a day. Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. Blue moon. Blue moon. Blue moon. Keep shining bright. And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. The Elvis. Yeah, Elvis man. That's okay with you? You know uh, how many people have recorded that song? Mm-mm. But hundreds. Is that right? <laughs> but that's the one we like. Oh, okay. Elvis. I, we were having, I was trying to figure out which one to play, so he done okay? <laughs> yeah, Elvis is good. Hey, there's Patsy Cline's version. There's Bill Monroe's version. Yeah. 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 Almost so. anybody you can name. The Marcells. All of them are pretty good. Yeah. But not like Elvis. No, Blue Moon by the Marcells is different. <laughs> Never mind. All right. 210-308-8867. Another tree that Calvin mentioned that's uh, one of my favorites, always has been since I came down here, is Mexican olive. Yeah. And uh, uh, Calvin said in his article here that... Uh, that uh, uh oh, we got a four o'clock report. Ready? Yeah. Or you want to? No, go ahead. Fred is on the line with a four o'clock report at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Fred, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. We just want to report on the four o'clock. I have the yellow floor clock. There you go. But it's only one thirty, so they're not open yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about- Good man. How about yesterday at 4 o'clock? Were they open then? I didn't even notice yesterday at 4 o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> do, you know, do you notice the good fragrance they have? Uh, well, I really haven't noticed it uh, this year. Okay. Well, it's that take a, pick a bloom and then smell it. Okay, will do. They're, they're super fragrant. Uh, they're they're pretty, pretty fragrant. Well, we've been yellow. That. Yeah, and you found that yellow was the most fragrant. No, I, I, th- I find that pink and white are the most fragrant. But all, you th- you're, you're saying all of them have a fragrance, or just it's yeah. a v- real variation? No, yeah. it's a real, vari- re- real intensity difference. Yeah. Well, I, we don't have anything other than the yellow, so I'll have to see about getting some of the pink and white ones. Yeah. All right, just want to let you know what's going on. 
Thank you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we got nice listeners who call in, help us out. Well, what did he? He said he didn't know, notice if it was even blooming. Yeah, but, nah. it, but he still called and contributed. <laughs> 210-308-8867. Bill is on the line. Hey there, Bill. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Oh, just fine. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Uh, I I just wanted to see if y'all could finish the list of uh, trees that you started the uh, ornamentals. Okay. We got we got as far as the uh, Mexican plum, and and that was the last one I heard. So. Yeah. Uh, and now now we were doing. Uh, now these are all natives too. Uh, right. you know, we've we've talked from time to time in these articles about. Uh, Ornamentals and small trees that uh, yeah. were both exotic and natives. But this, I, this I just got through talking about Mexican olive. Uh, One of my favorites is uh, uh, Eve's necklace. Yeah, right. That's that's a that's a good native. Yeah. Uh, then Cavan mentioned uh, to fill the small tree gap or or Texas persimmon. Uh, Texas are sometimes it's sold in Mexican redbud. A Texas mountain laurel. Weesatch, spelt with an H. Yes, that's <laughs> the way you spell it. Mexican buckeye. Ritama. And wax myrtle. Uh, another Although, one I really like is uh, Bauhenia. Yeah, right, right. But they they have a tendency to freeze back, don't they? Well, I've never, I've never, I've been never able to get it uh, any size out of it. Do you get one that uh, fills the gap, and you know, does it get fifteen feet tall or so at least? Or I had one that was about an inch Was what? You broke up on us. Your phone broke up. What was that? In, in a. Uh, kind of a shaded area, so I guess that helped a lot. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Also, y- oh. yesterday y'all were talking about uh, uh, citrus trees. Right. And I've noticed several in town, and also uh, there's one in Pleasanton on Highway 97 at an old uh, abandoned welding shop. <clears throat> Excuse me. That uh, it's probably 15 feet tall. I know no one takes care of it. So it, is there something about once they get to a certain size, they're a lot hardier, or would y'all, have y'all noticed does it ha- yourself? Does it have fruit? Yes. Okay. And it looks like it's it's being well cared for, but I know no one's there. It's, you know, it's like I said, it's yeah. abandoned. So. Is the fruit still on it? Um, as far up as people can't pick anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. they're picking it. I, I was yes. thinking a lot, a lot of people around town here, uh, when you see a, a citrus that has fruit on it late, uh, even up to this time of the year, well, uh, up to February and March, a lot of times that's a sour orange rootstock. And right. uh, they're, they're very uh, tough and, and kind of hardy. and Never seem to get ripe. But but you're right the, in your observation that uh, as citrus gets older, uh, they're they're a little bit more cold hardy, cold tolerant. 
they were not a, f- a favorite of a, t- a typical, you know, the crew, mm. maintenance crew, because because of, of their the, the way they they wanted to grow and that they, you know, they didn't have a real compact uh, yeah. top and everything. So you had to kind of have a different different look and a different pruning. You didn't really have to prune them much, other than to get to keep the wood out of. The- and I've seen them in tough places like uh, oh McDonald's drive-through. Yeah, where, where it's hot, it's there's there's cement all around it, so it's you know it's even worse, and there's fumes, and <laughs> it's doing beautifully. Yeah, a pretty tough tree. Uh, get, getting back to this Mexican olive, uh, that that's a tree that I've enjoyed since I first got here. Uh, and Calvin says that. Uh, that uh, it's an evergreen tree that grows 20 feet tall with four-inch leaves that produce attractive cl- clusters of two-inch white blooms. Flowers are produced all summer long and are followed by a round fruit that has the look of an olive but is not related. Now, the Mexican olives that I saw uh, first fell in love with were blooming in the fall, around Christmas. Yeah, uh, I know. this is around Crystal City. Yeah, and I and I I've heard some people say spring and fall. Yeah, I've got one that blooming blooms all summer. Yeah, blooming strong right now, and yeah, uh, and it's kind of it's uh, embedded in the uh, in the tree border. You oh, know. okay. But they do need full sun to bloom, but they they can put up with. Uh, they find, they place their leaves in, like what a lot of good understory trees do. They they find whatever sun is available. You remember the one that used to be, I don't know if it's still at the Alamo? Absolutely. It's still to, there. Used to freeze. Yeah, it freeze, freeze down every year. I've got a pictures of that one. Uh, Not every year it didn't freeze, but uh, yeah. if somebody defoliates sometimes. Yeah. And, I've got a picture of of that in front of the front door of the Alamo, with the flags of, of Texas and uh, I guess the U.S. Is, is back there, with that blooming Mexican olive on the one side and uh, the flags and the Alamo on the other mm-hmm. side. But uh, when I went there to take the picture. Uh, I looked, and it it does it uh, has a tr- trunks that have sprouted from the ground, and there's a lot of uh, dead trunks or dead trees that they've cut to the ground, and the thing has re-sprouted. But it's right there at the entrance to the Alamo on the left. Mm-hmm. And you can you, quite often. Did Trace say he had those? Yes, as uh, uh, at, at a point I was going to make, Kevin said that uh, uh, watch for Mexican olive seedlings at native plant sales. Uh, they quick, they grow quickly to full size, and uh, I've been very surprised to see how many uh, Mirbergers has. Yeah, because uh, they, they're right down there where we walk to the back parking lot. Yeah, it wasn't too many years ago when you. Couldn't find them unless you yeah, had a native right. plant sale, and I think um, I ended up with mine. Some uh, one of the master gardeners or something had, was at a sale and said, "They're here. Do you want one?" And then, 
Yes, I do. But yeah, <laughs> and I, I noticed. Uh, yeah, they, they've got. They gave. They usually have some, and uh, they're very difficult to root. Uh, Doctor uh, Larry Stein out at uh, Rio Medina had uh, his neighbor had a beautiful one right out in the wide open spaces that bloomed all the time, and I got cuttings of that thing right in the, when the new growth was uh, initiating. Uh, it should have been a perfect time to root it, and I rooted uh, less than five uh, percent of the cutting. Mm. And uh, but that, that cutting that I rooted grew out, and uh, we had it at the greenhouse, and uh, somebody wanted it at the greenhouse, so we got rid of it. Yeah, we. Uh, I've never seen any of the seeds, uh, any seedlings produced. No, not in no. my yard. I but uh, it is, yeah. That's a, that's a worthy uh, plant to consider. Very, uh, very attractive. I got the, oh, all that. Uh, the picture they've got in the uh, in the uh, newspaper uh, yesterday uh, with your article has got uh, a Texas flag flying over it. I've got a picture that I took down at the uh, what was that name of that house? Uh, Schultz House. Schultz house. They had a huge one in the backyard. Yeah. So I maneuvered around and got a picture of that Texas olive with the Tower of the Americas in the background. Ooh, that should look good. Yeah. But uh, it's a pretty picture. The flowers uh kind of interesting. It's got a kind of a yellow center, doesn't it? Yeah. And a little... Uh, I, I generally, uh, until, until I went to wrote the article I, I thought of the flower, flowers as kind of individual but they do they are a they're bit clusters. of a cluster yeah. they're clusters yeah and the uh, hummingbirds I, lo- I love the the blooms too and, and the butterflies so that's another one of those plants that uh, is a good addition if you're interested in uh, attractive uh, small trees that uh, attract wildlife yeah so that's I, a that's a good tree 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, toll free, it's 866-308-8867. We're going to take a break while we do. You give us a call and be a part of the show, 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up with Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. We're live at Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. You know, Millburgers does great things to help you enjoy your gardening experience and have a better, better experience. That's why they've invited Davies Tree Service back again to do another presentation. This one is one of the free adult seminars, and it's on soil, the root of tree health care. So Davies Trees is going to talk to you about all the great things that you can do to your soil to make sure your trees are healthy, and happy. That's going to be July 27th, 10.30 until noon, and the course is absolutely free. No need to RSVP. Just come on out and be a part of it. Now, don't forget, this one is popular, so get there early to Millburgers at July 27th from 10.30 until noon. While you're at Millburgers, take advantage of all kinds of great things that are on sale, like the fall tomatoes or Mexican bird of paradise, Sanisa, and much, much more. At Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 and Boulevard Road. 
Caregiving is incredibly difficult and challenging for thousands of people caring for someone they love. It's a job that is demanding and often feels as if it's never-ending. Caregivers feel alone and lonely. That's where Caregiver SOS On Air comes to the rescue. This half-hour weekly program features nationally known gerontologist Carol Zerniel and attorney and veteran broadcaster Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Caregiver SOS On Air, Saturday mornings at 7.30 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. The Cal Thomas Commentary is brought to you by Values Through Media. Now here's syndicated columnist Cal Thomas. There are worse things than being dumb. There's also being dangerous. New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a Democrat, wants to abolish not only ICE, but the Department of Homeland Security. Eliminating DHS would allow terrorists to bring box cutters and bombs aboard airplanes and again target New York City, a part of which he is supposed to represent in Congress. Many Democrats support DHS, including the chairman of the House Homeland Security and Intelligence Committees. Abolishing those agencies would also invite in even more illegal aliens, including violent criminals and drug smugglers. The rhetoric of the four freshman congresswomen, known as the Squad, is dangerous, and if their policies are adopted, America would be a far different country. How do people like this get elected? Part of it is apathy from voters, and the other part is organizational skills by people who hate America and want it destroyed. Need any more motivation to vote and vote smart in next year's election to rid us of these dumb and dangerous people? I'm Cal Thomas. For a free copy of today's commentary, visit calthomas.com or write us at Values Through Media, P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. That's P.O. Box 373340, Key Largo, Florida, 33037. Please specify the date and subject. Your tax-deductible gifts to Values Through Media help support us. Listen again next time for the Cal Thomas Commentary. If you are looking to buy or sell gold and silver in San Antonio, then come down and see us today at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. We are proudly veteran-owned and operated and care deeply about professionalism and your privacy. I'm Tony Arterburn, and as owners of Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange, my wife Melissa and I buy all of our gold and silver coins and bullion direct from the trading floor to give you the most up-to-date pricing. And when it's time to sell your gold and silver items, we pay you top dollar. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange also accepts and deals in Bitcoin and major cryptocurrencies. Call or text us today for more info or to set an appointment. 888-667-1836. That's 888-667-1836. Or go to wisewolfgoldandsilver.com. From bullion to Bitcoin, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The answer, 210-308-8867, uh, Neil Sparrow's right, and Neil Sparrow's column in the down, down, uh, question and answer in Down to Earth, uh, he talks with somebody, probably not in San Antonio, about the condition of their azaleas. Hmm. Yeah. 
said the photos, uh, the question is, the photos show the condition of my azaleas. Silvery on the tops of leaves and black spots on the bottom. Uh, could it be mold from overwatering a month ago <laughs> uh, uh, when it was also raining? And uh, Neil nails it said, uh, you've sent great photos. This is not mold. Your plant has been hit by lace bugs. Hmm. So uh, that question could also apply to uh, lantanas, uh, especially now that it's hotter. Yeah, the new goal. We're, we're going to have more more of that showing, more questions about that showing up. Yeah, and, and people are, have uh, said how wonderful their new gold lantana. Right. And then five days from now, it could be not, <laughs> no blooms left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, we gave people the, uh, the comment that uh, if you've got new gold lantana and it's not blooming, you probably got lace books. And uh, he said the uh, he describes lace bugs as uh, the adult insects that do the damage have clear, cellophane-like lee wings, so we hardly notice when they're there. But the black specks are their excrement, Milton. Yeah. They've been pooping on the leaves, on the bottom of the leaves, just like aphids. Yeah. Uh, they suck the life out of the leaves with the resulting tan silver color. Uh, he said, apply general purpose insecticide labeled for lace bugs to control them. That could be spinosad. Uh, next year, next year you could apply a the systemic insecticide. Imidacloprin in late May to prevent their damage before it shows up. It's pretty common. Yeah. That, that's what he's saying. You can pretty well depend on it showing up. Now, that, that there's an issue um, which we brought up before, and I haven't uh, pursued it, but uh, if, you, if you're, it's a bit of a catch-22. If you're interested in butterflies, uh, you, you the uh, New gold is a great n- nectar source in the fall, especially. Right. But if you spray it, the, the question is, it, if you spray it with even spinosad or uh, systemic, is it going to is it going to be translated in the nectar and and bother butterflies? Yeah. So that uh, you know, you suspect that it may not be, but. Uh, you you don't know that, so the, anybody that's got in that kind of information, I'll if I'll, I'll try to remember to see if there's that kind of research exists. I kind of suspect it doesn't. Yeah, a lot of uh, systemic insecticides uh, go into the leaves rather than uh, the flowers or fruit. Yeah, and if we could determine which does do that instead of uh, you know a con- contact or uh, Contact insecticide like spinosad, then you could you could pick the one that'll control the lace bugs but won't bother yeah the butterflies. But uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen dead butterflies among <laughs> among the lantana after they've sprayed a systemic insecticide. That's true. Yeah, but you, uh, you don't know. You don't know. 
That may be what's killing all the bees, Milton. Well, they would. I think they would know now on the bees. They've done so much research. Oh, do they? But I, I mean, they've identified a whole lot of potential things that are killing the bees, but I've never heard uh, that that particular insecticide or or that cultural practice has been a threat to them. Yeah, could be though. Somebody write in uh, wrote in about a fig tree. Said. Uh, I have a fig tree that looks good overall. However, a few of the leaves are turning brown, and some of the figs are falling. Didn't you say you had some figs falling? No, I had. Uh, or the birds eating them. Yeah, the, but they've they were uh, ripening really large. Yeah. Early. Now they're not putting the size on, and they're slow to ripen, which always indicates when we're into the hot, yeah. dry part of the yeah. summer. And yeah. I don't think it matters how much you water them. And uh, the leaves, of course, if they're loaded with fruit too, it's a it's a tough decision for the plant to support the leaves. Yeah, or, or yeah. the fruit. Generally, they do the fruit. And Neil says, uh, I, "I see so few leaves turning brown in your photo that I wouldn't be too alarmed." Uh, so, and and I noticed that with figs, most of the time, you always have some brown leaves on there. Uh, especially older leaves, so don't be too too worried about it. Uh, we talked about yesterday about the uh, controlling uh, trumpet vines, and, and uh, I'm always reminded of my my mother when I planted uh, a trumpet vine on our on our back fence. And she came running out of the house, telling me to telling me to pull it up because it'll take the whole fence. Well, I was using uh, Chinese trumpet creepers, the mother of uh, the mother of uh, Madame Galen, which is the most commonly sold uh, trumpet creeper now around, and it's a little more. It's not quite civilized. A, yeah, it's a little more civilized. But uh, uh, they can be aggressive. I told you that I had my peach orchard. I had on that 40-acre kind of piece. Yeah. I had that trumpet vine that followed the fence all the way there. Oh, yeah. Like a quarter mile. And, I mean, there were places that the thing was eight inches. The stem was eight inches. Wow. And it was just spectacular. But it was, (laughs) I mean, it was Tough on the fencing and it got to get in the way of the management of the, the orchard. Yeah. Uh, also, we got had had some questions about uh, uh, crepe myrtles. Uh, why crepe myrtles not blooming? Now they bloom pretty around here. Yeah, we got some blooming here. And uh, at the nursery, but yeah. we always have people saying mine never blooms. My crepe myrtle never blooms. And so, uh, some some things that you could consider is that uh, too much shade, planted in too much shade. These uh, they need full sunlight. If you have shade trees that have overtaken the the crape myrtle, yeah, it may come at the cost of blooms. In other words, you may lose some of the bloom. Now we we got a crepe myrtle right here by our steel that's uh, 
as big and fairly old, I would think. And uh, it it always puts out some sparse blooms periodically. And, and blooms on the sunny edge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can tell uh, where it's reaching the sun. Also, uh, the wintertime pruning. If you did extensive pruning to either uh, to, to the oleander, uh, not oleander, a uh, crape myrtle this year, uh, or you topped your crape myrtle. I, d- I dare not say that that word with Greg Grant. He'll call you right up. Neil Sparrow come down and slice my tires on the truck. Uh, your plant has responded with vigorous new growth to that cutback. So that'll delay the flower. I had a, I, I planted some crepe myrtles around my home house there in Tennessee. And uh, it, it's, it's the, uh, it's the uh, uh, red, red, the red one. And it got bigger than I thought it was going to get. So uh, I planted it between windows. But now it's gotten all the way to the rooftop. And so the fr- the guys taking care of my lawn there decided to do me a favor and top them. Oh. And it uh, I've got, they've got one in, we got one in the front yard and uh, several in the backyard that got topped. And the one in the front yard, of course it's probably getting more sun. Is blooming a lot earlier than the ones in the backyard from topping. But uh, I haven't been there to see if the blooms are bigger or anything like that. Um, and then, and then our, our crepe myrtle here that we're looking at here in Millburger, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't seem to get a, a lot of new growth. Uh, they do demand a certain amount of vigor before they will produce buds. So you need uh, you need new buds and new growth. If the plants are lethargic for any reason, the cause needs to be determined and corrected. In other words, that one's probably uh, well. It's next to a big big tree, so it may not be getting all the nutrients that it needs. Crape myrtles need nitrogen fertilizer to promote new growth and subsequent flower bud production. Uh, but uh, both uh, the plant needs um, more uniform watering. Now, with that, uh, I'd say fertilizer would help that one there. Maybe pruning some of the some of the dead dead wood out of there. But you've got to, in some way, stimulate new growth. It has nothing to do with the ball moss on there, right? Do what? It has nothing to do with the ball moss on it there. It could. That ball moss <laughs> could be sucking uh, sucking the juices out of that, that oleander. I don't want to be controversial. But oh, like no. The crepe myrtle, yeah. Yeah, crepe myrtle. And, and the ones that are not blooming around town, look and see what's on them. You think ball moss well, is? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Now, does ball moss grow in the full sun or just the shady parts? It's, it do shade, it do well, does well in the shady. Okay. Ball hmm. moss is a good part. Shelter, yeah, the sheltered areas. Oh, so 
I, I hope everybody in the audience realizes that these guys are are being uh, teasing about ball moss. Moss doesn't doesn't hurt the plants. <laughs> it's uh, it but it's a symptom of uh, the plants being in that stagnant growth yeah. situation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering if if the shade yeah. too, because if it yeah, if they're you know if the tree. An oak tree, or the interior of the branches there, or a crepe myrtle, or mesquite are not growing, uh, then it's the ideal place or environment for the ball moss to, to sprout. All right. What else you got? we got about a minute and a half. You got something real quick? Oh, do you want to do the Guadalupe? Is it too... Uh I think they passed their deadline, wasn't oh, it? Oh. Uh, the seventeenth, and uh, oh, even okay. yesterday. I, I, okay. uh, I suspect, though, that it, it might be worthwhile to, to check. Go to the. Uh, they're going to start their class on the thirtieth, but on Tuesdays uh, from one to five, if you want to participate in the training, it's going to be in. Uh, uh, what town is that going to be in now? Uh, What's that? The training, the Guadalupe Oh, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Seven to nine, isn't it? No, no. (laughs) It's one to five. Oh, oh, okay. It's in a a town that's close to... uh, Cibolo. Cibolo, yeah. And go to to the uh, Guadalupe County Master Gardeners website to to check out and see if you still have an opportunity to to register or get more information about the class. Well, we're going to begin to wrap up today. We want to thank you for listening and uh, being a part of the show. want to thank Al back at the station for getting the calls on the air and playing all the good music. The moon music. The moon music, that's right. So, uh, all right, we're going to say goodbye for today. You be sure to join us next week. We'll be back here at Mill Burgers at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. In the meantime, come on out here and talk with all the staff. They can help you with any question you got at Mill Burgers at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. On, on behalf of Docs, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Milton Glick, and this is 930 AM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.